These are the mysteries lurking in small towns. These are the kids that search for the truth. These are the outsiders with unusual powers. These are fortunes untold. So gentlemen, I have a confession to make. All right. Um, that could go so badly in so many different ways. Yeah. Um, I know you're not supposed to do this, but last week uh, I got a bit confused about what Amatago was. So I looked it up what? on the internet. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. You game spoiling son of a. <laughs> I'm terrified. I mean, apparently it's an application that allows you to pick your own massage therapist. And Wait, um, Wait what? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I found out. So Amatago is a, mm. an app that allows, gives you the freedom to choose and book your own massage therapist. <laughs> well, I feel like I should download this now. I could use a massage. Well, well he is coming. <laughs> that That's the real terror is because your characters are explicitly expected to not have cell phones, so you don't have apps. So. Yeah, you can no. never... So you're doomed to never be able to pick your own massage therapist. I'm pretty certain there is no massage therapist in Sharon Hollow anyway. <laughs> or at least there's just like Clyde, the guy in the back, the guy who lives out on the edge of town, and you don't want to pay him. <laughs> right. <laughs> so moving along swiftly <laughs> as possible. So yeah, so this week, right, week three of Kids on Bikes. Uh, chasing a house elf or gremlin or possum person yeah, <laughs> whatever like this that. happens to but, be yeah like i said a little little two-foot little guy and yeah like that's that's actually probably your the the house elf is a, is a really good visual for this guy like okay so. we just call him jerry yeah <laughs> jerry the house elf yep, there you go so yeah talking about uh about powered characters and things like that like i said that's that's the thing that i i personally has as i've been prepping for this game have been most excited to check out because i i mean that's that's the stuff that was always so cool when you were a kid, when you were watching these these movies and these TV shows. Uh, everybody wanted to have Sloth to come over and beat up the bullies for them. Yeah. <laughs> so, as long as you feed him a baby roof. Yeah. <laughs> so the way it works, like I'd mentioned, is uh, you guys will will get, when we start up the, the session, you guys will eventually assume control of the character just through narration. The powered characters, they have their abilities. Mm -hmm. And the way they recommend that we do this is the GM will make... Four, I think it's functionally four. It may be that it's not four. It may be it's a set number per players, and I've made four because I have two players. But every person gets at least one special ability and or descriptive fact about the the, the powered character. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the powered character has a pool of points that I think are just called like powered characteristics or something like that. And there's a pool of those that are set in the middle of the table. And then... As you want to, you can draw those points and have the character roll to do its effect. So uh, to, to use an example of a, a character that's not here, say like you've got the little girl from Firestarter mm. and you want to set a dude on fire. <laughs> you spend one of your powered character points and make the roll. Or alternately, you can spend two of them and guarantee that it happens. Oh, but if you do that, there's also a backlash. So maybe she absolutely sets the guy on fire, but she's got a nosebleed, takes some damage, and maybe her her relevant stat, like her grit or her fight or something, is reduced by one step or a minus two or something like that for a little while. So you've you've got a chance to absolutely trigger those points at any point. And if you want to make it narratively like, oh, buddy, we can't fall. Like, if it's got telekinesis, we need to be able to get across this bridge without falling. So we need this to succeed. You can do it without a roll. They kind of just are generic in how many they say you should assign. They don't, uh, they recommend seven. 
in order to make things easy here, I'm going to give you guys eight because I'm a nice guy. And uh-huh. I want you to definitely use these powers at some point during this game. So I'm going to use these little uh, bottle caps that our friends at Nerds on Earth have made, and I'm going to set them in the middle of the table. That's going to dictate. And like I said, those are up to you guys. You can be nice and say, hey, Andrew, do you think I should go ahead and pull these points and do this thing? Or you can just be like, hey, man, my my characters are two. I got the right. You can just snatch them up. <laughs> do, um, do we get a chance to earn more? Yeah, yeah, you do. It has its basically its cap of eight points. Every time you can do something that is defined as resting, and and we can kind of do that in the game narratively. Uh, once you have once it has rested, then it will get its points back. So maybe it eats a bag of Reese's Pieces, or goes to sleep for the night, or breaks into a store and steals a bunch of Eggo waffles, or or something <laughs> like that. Like like however we want to define this creature's rest state, if it can do that, and, and it's got to be something long. Like you can't just have it like pound back a jolt cola as it's running down the street. Like it's, it's got to be a, a place where the, there's a lot, enough downtime that this could be considered. I'm not sure about this part, but I'm just like, I trust you guys. So we're going to do it. Like I said, I'm going to pass out two cards. They say you keep them face down and you approach, you pull them as dramatically appropriate kind of up to you guys. And this does give you a little bit of insight into what the thing can do. Again, I'm not really trying to hide that. <laughs> so I'm going to give these two to Andrew. Awesome sauce. And I'm going to give these two to Chad. And like I said, feel free to talk about them amongst yourselves or keep them until you want to surprise the rest of the group or do whatever. And uh, just whenever you want to trigger one, it is actually called a psychic energy token. I miss speaking earlier. Sounds like something you'd be sent by a a uh, 1-900 line in the early 90s. <laughs> miss Cleo or something. <laughs> I was about to say, you have a Jamaican accent of, I'm going to use my psychic energy token. <laughs> exactly. Let's get started. To recap the scene, the the lutine is now on the floor. Uh, you've picked up the heavy weed eater, weed eater that was pinning him there, and he has warned you. The matigo, the matigo is coming, and it will kill you. Jack just kind of looks at it and looks at Mikey and looks at it. At this point, he's a little well. Obviously, this is really out of his realm of experience. So what? What? What's the? What's the matigo? What are you? And he just kind of starts sputtering. <laughs> you can see Mikey like directly across from you as he's at the the back end of that corner, and he is like, it's either the Joel Cola, the fact that everything that he has been wanting to happen has finally happened, or the the sheer exhaustion from being up this late. He is shaking with excitement, like like it, you can see him like almost vibrate at a different frequency right now. Um, he's just like, what is the Matico? And what are you? <laughs> and he says again, I'm the Lutine. I am here to help. Help against the Matigo. Yes. What is the Matigo? What, why is it coming? What? It, it is terrible. And it has claws. And it has fangs. And it hides in the night. And it has been summoned. And it will kill you. It has been summoned, has it? Yes, the Matigo offers money and wealth and power, but it comes at a terrible cost. Do you know who summoned it? I don't. Hmm. Why are you why are you writing this on the wall of the hardware store? I have to warn you. Well, con- consider me warned, I guess. <laughs> it comes from the other world, like me, but it has not come to it has not come to help. It has come to kill. It's come 
to the other world. What other world? I am from the Sealy Court. The Matago is from the Unseelie. <laughs> Jack just looks at, at Mikey. I hate saying this, but do you have any idea what he's talking about? Yeah, I think, I think, let, let, let me think for a second. Silly Court, is it, I think it's the land of the Fae, where the fairies come from? Would I have to roll something to, to know that? Or? Um, you know what? My brains is 20 and I do research all weird stuff. Yeah, your brains is 20, but this is, from what you have described, this is slightly outside your normal one. Okay. So I'd say make a roll, but the roll can be really easy for okay. you. 16. Oh, yeah. You nail it. Yeah, you okay. 100. Keep, up, keep on making up stuff, and I will say that's true. Okay. <laughs> so he comes from Greenock. It's in Scotland. No, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> he basically, um, Mikey goes off on, he comes from the Fey Realm, um, basically kind of like King Arthur-ish, you know, the with the fantasy and the sword, but... Their realm is to do with, like, mystical and stuff like that. It's not really sci-fi or demonic. It's more the fantasy element. And the Lutine points at Mikey. Yes! That is us! We are from the fairy! I, so what do we... What can we do about the Matago? How do we stop the Matago? You must find the summoner and force them to complete the ritual of banishment. Do you How have do any... find the summoner? How do we find the summoner? I don't know. That's why I came and wrote on the wall. And and Jack's trying to think, has anyone in town that he's heard of, probably doesn't know directly, but heard of like suddenly quote unquote won the lottery or had a rich relative die (laughs) or, I mean, he's a teenager, so there's a good chance he doesn't necessarily know, but like, has he heard anything? Maybe the adults talking like so-and-so's rich uncle mysteriously died in a car accident. No, not really. No one's, no one's driving a Porsche to the Dollar General store (laughs) doing anything like that. You've, you've, no one has admitted to coming into any wealth just yet. Okay. At, At this point, Jack has started like trying to get things back in order in the store because <laughs> he doesn't want to be, you know, held responsible if this place is a wreck. That, so, when while you do that, the the lutine walks up right beside you and starts putting things back on the shelf. Also, Jack I will of, help. So, but, uh, so what do thanks. we call you, buddy? I am the lutine, and he's just stocking the bottom shelf because so, that's really Mikey's going to turn to 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 Jack and go, Lou. Yeah, let's just call him Lou. <laughs> so, have you done anything else besides write on the wall? I have just been watching. Okay, so we need to we need to we need to do some research. We need to find out we need to find out who's been who's been getting money in town. I guess you're right. Um, Let's get this place back together. And he he looks at the lutine. Can you clean the wall, the writing on the wall? I will do that now. And he dashes in there quickly. Let's let's get out of here first before we draw any attention. Because I don't want to have to try and explain this to Officer Wilson. Mikey goes in, picks up his flashlight, and turn, turns it off. And like, because he's like. He watches Lou, making Lou's not doing anything like crazy, like just smeared more black. <laughs> no, he's he's just rubbing a, a wet rag on the wall vigorously, just trying to clean off what he started writing. Uh, and once the uh, happy as a brownie making shoes. <laughs> well, I guess he's finally got across to someone, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Once the room is straightened back up, 
Jack is going to hustle Mikey back into the back and let's let's get out of here like now. So I guess we. So so Lou, where have you been? Where have you been hiding out? Like what have you been up to? I hide in the forest. We can't. It might be better to take him with us, Jack. Are you out of your mind? Well, he can hide in my room. I am good at hiding. Mom never comes in there anyway. I I I don't think that's a. <laughs> but think about it. If we're gonna hunt down this Mat Matago, we're we're gonna have to have him with us. And Jack just kind of looks defeated. <laughs> Fine, but if if she finds him, that's on you. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> I'll I'll. I'll take it. Mom, can I keep the fairy? I'll promise I'll feed him and walk him. <laughs> exactly. He followed me home. Um. Let's, just get, let's go. Get out of here. And Jack's going to like lock the knob, I guess, <laughs> and shut the door. I don't know what I can do about the locks. but um. he turn, Actually, he looks at Luke. Can you unlock them? Can you relock the door? Yes. And he puts his hand on the the wall, and it starts to or the door, and it starts to glow and and shake a little bit, and you hear thunk thunk as the bolts flip back. This is the weirdest night of my life. Mikey is like, ah, like <laughs> freaking out, like he's like that was so cool. Maybe a bit too loud. <laughs> Jack is a little too concerned about you know thoughts of the police and various men in black government agencies <laughs> showing up and. Or whatnot to be too excited about it. I don't want to go to Area Fifty One. <laughs> Pretty much, I want to go to Area Fifty One. <laughs> um, so uh, Mikey's also gonna—he's gonna pop open his backpack and he's gonna say, "Hey, Lou, can you fit in here?" Absolutely. And he jumps in. <laughs> so, well, I guess we got to go over and grab our bikes from the yeah, back from of behind the... the behind the other store. Yep. Yeah, Jack's gonna look down the street. Yeah, it's it's at this point. What did we say? It was like midnight or something. Uh, yeah, like? something hey, to that effect. There is super duper nobody around. <laughs> the, the sidewalks were rolled up hours ago. Right. Yeah. Mikey's doing his whole like, like at, at this point. Like Leno is off. Like nobody cares. They, they've gone to the uh, to the test pattern. They've, yeah. They've right. shown the uh, they've shown the uh, they played the national anthem. <laughs> There's nothing on those three channels anymore. Absolutely not. Yeah. And nobody in this town is rich enough to have cable. <laughs> so, well, there might be someone. Maybe mm. we need to look for cable. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> who, has, who just bought a brand new satellite dish? Just wander around asking anyone if they saw the new movie on HBO. And once they do, ah! <laughs> <laughs> but what's HBO? Uh, all right, Mikey, come on. Let's, we got to get out of here. So Mikey's doing his whole like. Dun, 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 <laughs> Meanwhile, Jack is just walking across the street. <laughs> it's like, all right. He looks more conspicuous because he's trying to be unconspicuous. Pretty much. With a house elf sticking out of his backpack. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll go uh, grab our bikes and I guess head back to the house. Um, hopefully, mom has not gotten off early. Yeah, what time do we about arrive back at the house then? I'm sorry, say again? What time are we arriving back at the house? Your house is probably not. I mean, it's a small town. So, like I said, the, the, the entire conceit of kids on bikes is you can get around town handily on a bike in a very brief amount of time so okay so it's you're looking at like 30 minutes 30 maybe. minutes so it's about an hour before mom gets home so we can sneak through the front door yeah get in bed so you managed to go home say no problem there's nothing going on in this town <laughs> and uh, your mom has not made it back yet she's still probably uh like closing up the diner um 
So Mikey leads, uh, goes into his bedroom with Lou, and uh, he's like, he's he's tired. So it's not like he's he's all jumpy like he was before because drinking jolt and doing all this stuff. Although he is twelve years old, <laughs> I assume he's just, he's going to get worn down from so much happening so fast and so much energy being expended. Right. Uh, like, plant. Yeah, like, like a kid, you'll go like ninety to you know you'll go zero to ninety and then you'll go from ninety to zero. Yeah, and like collapse. <laughs> so he makes Lou a wee bed beside his bed and. Lou, Lou gets in, I guess, Lou would get into the bed and he'd yeah. be like, night, Lou. Good night. <laughs> and he just, they pass out. <sighs> Jack has gone to his room, sits there for a few minutes wondering how the hell he got himself into <laughs> the situation. What has the world come to? Jack is like, hanging out with this thing is not very metal. <laughs> <laughs> and he finally, you know, he gets undressed and goes to goes to sleep as well, finally. All right. So, yeah, unless there's anything that you particularly want to do, we can just fast forward until the morning. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're kids in a town where very little happens at night. I think, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think we're going to, you know, dawn breaks. Yes. <laughs> the radio kicks on. Like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it flips from 659 to 7, and yeah, the radio kicks, rah, kicks rah, in. Rah, rah. I'm, just, I'm just hearing, like, who is in the news, like, back to the future, like, take <laughs> away. Hip to be square. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a little early at this point. It's probably be like Nirvana potentially. Uh, I would really get radio play though. Yeah, so probably especially in a small town. That's probably Huey Lewis. Yeah, you're probably right. Which is good because I'm a fan of Huey Lewis. <laughs> um, but uh, so the radio kicks on, um, and Mikey just wakes up and he goes, "Huh." Then he realizes that all of his dreams have come true. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, "Huh," ah, ah, and he looks over the side of his bed, and. Uh, and what Lou state is, is Lewis? Lewis standing there looking at you. He's like, "Are you ready? Let us go!" <laughs> like, yeah. Just I'm not sure it. he sleeps. Give me a second. And he like gets up, falls out of bed, and he's like, "Cause he's still got that grog, uh, the morning grog." And he's like putting on clothes again. You, you hear from the bathroom, Mikey. Brush your teeth and take a shower. Okay, so he walks into the bathroom, <laughs> bathroom with like half a t-shirt on, and he like literally gets into the shower while wearing the t-shirt. Then goes ah, takes the t-shirt off and throws it out of the the, the shower. And he's like brushing his teeth and doing all this other stuff in the shower. Uh, he, he he wakes up though, so he's doing it really super fast. <laughs> like comes out, he's got like half the teeth first, the toothpaste drilled down his face, and he's like ah ah ah, and he's all excited, and he's like his hair's all crazy, and he's just like we gotta. We've got so much to do today. We've got to figure... Like, wait. How do we figure any of this out? Like, what? <laughs> and then he just comes to startling situation. He's like, we need to do detective work. <laughs> Jack is uh, comes stomping out of his bedroom. He's already, you know, taken his shower and gotten ready. Right. He's pulling jailed a... that with that, that style that says, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Except I really do. I just don't want to admit it. <laughs> you know, pulling on a pulling on a, a Slayer T-shirt or something. You know, right. as, as ripped, you do. Ripped in all the right places, of course. Artfully, artfully. <laughs> Hurry up, Mike. He's like, I'm re- I'm ready to go. He's like pulling on one of his shoes. He's like, I'm ready to go. Pulls on his backpack and goes, Hey, Lou, jump on in. Let's go. He jumps in, and. uh I'm assuming I'm assuming mom has already left for the day. Yes, she has already left for the day. You walk you walk down the hallway into the living room and uh the living room is surprisingly clean. Everything's organized, everything's <laughs> put up. It's like, Jack kind of looks at the at the Lou. <laughs> well, the backpack cuz Lou's in the backpack. Well, that's true. <laughs> 
I guess you can see that there's there's like the zips are open just enough to like let two eyes stare at you. <laughs> do you have something to do with this? I helped. Thanks. <laughs> Mikey looks down at his like folder. He's got one of those files. Trapper keeper. That, like <laughs> full of notes. And he goes, Did you organize my notes? <laughs> They're all out of order. Like, he's like, he's looking they at are them. alphabetical. Um, Actually, they're in order for the first time in their existence. <laughs> no, not Mikey order. <laughs> An order only you understand. Yeah. But yeah, your mom's gone. There's a note hanging on a uh, on the refrigerator, like stuck with a magnet on there. and From like Myrtle Beach or something. From, you know, yeah, like, some vacation you took when Mikey was like six. So <laughs> you don't even particularly remember it, Mikey. But. Nope. And Jack will run over, grab the note. See what's going on. The note just says, uh, had to go into work. Uh, thanks for cleaning the living room. I appreciate it. Uh, there's cereal in the cupboards, or if you want to stop by the diner to get something to eat, feel free. Stop by the diner anyway. Let me know what you're doing today. Well, <laughs> bacon and eggs sounds better than cereal. Actually, says, let me know what the two of you are doing together, which the way your mom writes means you're watching my heat. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Jack knew he wasn't getting out of that. So, all right, Mikey, come on. Let's go by the diner. Awesome. We prob- There's probably more we need to investigate today. And uh, he just does the, the world weary, like rubs the bridge of his nose. We've got to find out who summoned the Matago. What is a Matago? I mean. So I guess we're going to the library. Yes, we're going to the library. That is my world. Nerd world. <laughs> Nerds. Come on. So we'll, we'll uh, I guess we'll grab our bikes and head for the diner first. And then assuming the library is open, <laughs> the library second. Sounds good. So right. fine by Mikey. Yeah. My, right. my, my, Mikey's he doesn't have a choice. He's the younger brother. He's, he's got his, he's got his, <laughs> Fair like, play. He's got his, uh, this time he's got the, the, the big jacket on, the oversized jacket. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, you may be ordering around, but he was on his bike, ready to go as you like go, go out there. He was like cycling off before you towards mm-hmm. the, the diner. He's excited. Uh, <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So you pedal onto the diner and uh, as you pedal up there, there's actually a decent number of cars in front. Well, specifically, there's a lot of trucks out front and there are a lot of guys in flannel and there are a couple of police cars also. That looks like a bunch of the, uh, judging by the description, anyway, looks like a bunch of the town hunters. Uh, Mikey, Mikey, uh, like, gives the backpack a little shake and goes, "Lou, stay quiet." Well, do. And yeah, they're all they're all clustered up, standing around. In you can see them inside the diner. They're all standing around, like near-ish the doors. <laughs> yeah, we'll park our bikes out of the way so they don't get run down by a, <laughs> you know, by a truck. And uh, let's go find out what's going on. Be good. <laughs> don't, don't bother anybody so you're saying be secretive <sighs> he pulls up his collar <laughs> and he, he kind of sneaks in the door opens it really really light kind of like but it's one of those things where you see like the the level of all the adults so it's all the adult heads the door opens and you don't see anything but like a little so the camera mirror. pans down yeah. Yeah, the camera has to pan down because like you can only see this like kind of like bobbing through the crowd well, they're all standing around, you know, d- discussing amongst themselves. There's a lot of rhubarb, 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 rhubarb. Uh, come through the door. Jack will push Mikey towards the counter and away from the group of uh, of adults. And, uh, Mikey sits 
within earshot of the group of adults. Like he sits down and he, like, as you're pushing him, he does the whole spin on your hand thing, walks over and sits down, not probably about two, three seats away, so he can still hear everything. Oof. And he, he goes, Hey, mom, I'm here for food. <laughs> he goes, Hey, honey, all right, we'll get something for you right now. And because it doesn't look like she's exceptionally busy, there's just like one or two people in the store, other than in the diner, other than like actual customers, right? Like people eating. What's going on, mom? Apparently, uh, a couple of hunters, uh, Chuck and Bert, I don't know if you know them, they uh, they went out hunting yesterday and they haven't shown back up yet. So, uh, Officer Wilson and one of the other deputies are getting together with some of the hunters. They're just going to kind of like do a, a quick look, see if everything's all right, or see if maybe they just like ended up going ranging out a little too far to Cooperstown or something. Oh, do I need to help? No, no, it's nothing serious, and you need to watch your brother. And, uh, and at, like, this point, <laughs> at this point, Mikey's staring at you like, you need to take me to the <laughs> library. <laughs> He's ignoring his little brother, as older brothers do, you know, regardless of the situation. Um, so... Uh, Mikey's also got his, he's got his notepad out and he's like writing stuff down, but he's doing it with like, you know, your arms around it. So he's, Trying to be secretive. Yeah. Trying to hide your notes from the other students. So he's, uh, he's, he's sneakily coming to stuff. Can he lean in on the hunters? Like kind of like. Eavesdrop. Eavesdrop. Yeah. Let's, uh, why don't we call it? Why don't we make it a roll? That'll be okay. good. So, um, I could see that either being charm or flight. Uh, your call, depending on how you want to narrate it, of either you're trying to be inconspicuous or you're trying to, like, kind of bluff your way in. I would be inconspicuous. I mean, he's been sitting there. He's trying to be secretive. He's not trying to be too loud about his situation. He sat far enough away to not be noticed, but close enough to be able to hear. Now, I don't know if this would be a little bit harder because it's hunters looking for missing people with a child nearby, maybe if they notice him or not. So Um, I don't know how you want to play this. Let's just call it a flight roll. And don't forget, uh, being a kid, I think you get a plus one bonus to your flight. Yep. Yeah, I do. So, yeah. So now let's just call it a flight check. Um, they, I mean, they're, they're, if they noticed you, they wouldn't want to be talking about gruesome stuff, but they are distracted. And I mean, that's kind of the benefit of being a kid in the system is like adults tend to kind of not notice you. Cool. So let's say the difficulty is just, uh, let's say a six. All right. Like an eight plus one equals a nine. <laughs> okay. So yes, you, you can easily lean in and, and hear what they're talking about because yeah, they're just, they're a group of guys who are making plans. And so they're not really too quiet. Do I hear anything about where they're going to look or where Bert and uh, Chuck went and all that jazz? Yeah. There's just the, in, in Sharon Hollows, there's just kind of the generic area. That's the forest, like where all the hunters go. It's where the fort is on that. Okay. So they're, they're going out in that area and they're talking about how, okay, we're going to go out and you'll take this part and you'll take this part and we'll go up by the river and we'll do that. And we'll, we'll each kind of split up and watch an area. So you can write, write down notes of where everybody's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, you, you can, you can handily find out where their, their general meandering. None of them seem to be taking this exceptionally serious. They're all just pretty sure that these guys got yeah. drunk and lost. Exactly. Chuck, Chuck and Bert, like, yeah, they got drunk and are just sleeping it off. Or like I said, they occasionally will go out to Cooperstown. Like some hunters will occasionally go out as far as Cooperstown and then just get a cheap motel room for the night and then drive back the next day or do something. So they're, they're not, they're going out there to kind of one half look, one half just get out in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> go hunting themselves. Exactly. So Jack is just sitting there eating his bacon and eggs, you know, and waiting for Mikey to finish scribbling down his notes. Mikey's like also shoveling mouthfuls of pancake. 
into his face. He takes two bits of toast, puts them in his his backpack. <laughs> um, he puts it down, and then he kind of like takes them off the counter and kind of feeds them into his backpack into the slot in his backpack as secretly as possible. And yeah, once they get like halfway in there, they just <laughs> whoop, you know, just pulled in. <laughs> So yeah, uh, as you're, as like I said, as you're talking, you, you, uh, like I said, I mentioned officer Wilson and then, uh, the, the guy who talked to Chad in the hardware store, mm-hmm. uh, Walt, Walt, yeah. Walt is another one of the hunters and Walt has a buddy Armando that he hunts with. Like there's, they're like Chuck and Bert. There's Walt and Armando. They're, <laughs> they're both there and there's just like some other random folks. So you, you know, everyone here. So we know where everybody's going to be. We know that two people are missing too. <laughs> so there's a little bit of paper that slid across the table to you. And if you open it up, it's kind of folded. If you, if you were to open it up, Jack, you would see Matago in caps with a question mark right next to it. <laughs> I, I kind of figured it's like a, like a miniature diagram, missing hunters, forest, fort, Matago. <laughs> And like arrows drawn, red lights in the sky. Like he's got, he just slides it over to the table, over the table to you, and like he does it like under under a drink, drink or something like. You know, he gets his secret. He's been watching spy stuff. He knows, he knows the element of of subterfuge. Jack kind of finishes his food, crumples it up, just kind of shakes his head wearily. Come on, let's go. So we get up and see you later, mom. Bye. Be careful. We're going to the library. There's not a safer place in the world. <laughs> All right. So yeah, you get to the library. It's a small town library, just a regular generic red brick. There's pretty much only the one librarian who works there. And that's uh, the, the one we mentioned before, Mary Sloan. Mary Sloan. And uh, yeah, she's pretty much the only librarian who works there. And uh, again, because the town is starting to, to slow down a little bit, People tend to go to the library more and buy stuff less, so it's it's got a decent number of people in it. But uh, but you're not going to be like there's not like Black Friday lines out the door. Or anything. Okay. So how would you like? So I guess Mikey's going to turn to to Jack and goes. I think we should start with the newspapers. We can look for people who have gone missing. We can look for. Um, we can look for anybody who's coming to money. Um, we could check. Th- there's, that's where we could probably start off. <sighs> Sounds like homework. You gotta do your research, man. <sighs> yeah, nothing you wanted to do like on your summer vacation than do more homework, exactly. right, Jack? <laughs> uh-huh. Mikey's all like, he's like being the, he's taking point on this one. He's like, okay, this is what I want you to do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I just imagine that Mikey disappears into the shelves and comes back with a stack of books, like almost as big as he is. Right, and like especially if they're the ones that they're just the old uh, newspapers threaded through the the steel. Yeah, uh, the binders, binders, binders. So they are almost as big as he is. <laughs> he also comes back with there's a book on top that's like fictional fantasy fairy creatures. <laughs> like it's it's one of those ones by it's it's kind of a children's book, but kind of not. It's one of those ones that's kind of like. This was kind of written for kids. So we're not we're not going to hit the microfish archives and. Uh... Well, that that comes next. Oh, like, that's what Mikey's going for. He's giving you your work. He's going to go over <laughs> and uh, he he knows how to run the microfish. He's he's done it before. He does it like it's there's a probably knob. a weekly. How difficult do you think it is? Because he knows how to skim. He has uh-huh. the skim read. He's Mikey skim. does this for fun, man. Yeah, uh, of this course. Is his, yeah. This is his. This is his. Uh, this is where he he comes into his own. 
So he's like, you go to here, I'm going to check out the microfish. Jack just... He puts down a pad in front of you with a pencil and he goes, take notes. <laughs> All right, so what are you... What specifically are you guys looking for? Um, I think... So we're going to look for... Within... So from what we know, this is fairly recent. Yeah. So I guess recently people that have potentially come into money, um, potentially disappearances in the in the near area, and then further back, I would think instances of either a rash of disappearances or uh, strange writing warnings showing up, weird graffiti, or uh, or the lights too as well. Uh, otherwise, and I mean, that one is going to be hard pa- to find in a specific time frame. All right. And frankly, Jack is, while he's not dumb, he's probably not going to have the patience brilliance to, or patience to consider that, like, maybe during the Great Depression or something to that effect. That's not really so much. I guess it's immediate stuff we're all really, really scamming for. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, this actually, one thing that I'd completely forgotten about. So this is going to probably end up being a planned action. Mm-hmm. And it is going to be, it sounds like Mikey's going to be taking the lead on this yeah. one. So the thing that Jack can do is Jack can spend adversity tokens. One thing we forgot is you actually have one. Oh, Last session, yeah. you made a roll and didn't succeed on it. So you actually do have an adversity ah, token. Well. So I will drop that to you. There we go. And uh, so, yeah, you actually have one that, that we forgot to give you. Cool. So. Yeah, that, I, forgot, I, I forgot I had failed the roll and I was supposed to get one of those. <laughs> yeah, it completely slipped my mind until I was like, well, if you had... Oh, you do have one uh-huh. that you can... So, and again, kind of like we did before when you were searching for random stuff in the fort, I think we'll just make a generic roll. Okay. And the higher you get, the more information you will find. Okay. So, so it'll be a little open-ended. So with it, with it being a prepared action, um... Do I get any bonus to my roll? So, what is the what's prepared specifically? Um, well, we, oh, like you we mean like a planned the, action? Yeah, planned action. Okay, because I thought you had the strength. I prepared. do have prepared, but it can only it's two tokens for one commonplace item. Okay, I so don't have enough yeah, diversity tokens. No, I mean at this point, since it is since it's a planned action, I mean you're. I imagine this is going to be a brains roll. Yeah, this is definitely going to be a brains roll. And you're getting a, you're getting help from me. So. Yeah. So, and yeah, I'm certainly going to use the go ahead and use the adversity token so we right. can find. So that'll give you a plus one to whatever you roll. Okay, here we go. <laughs> this has got really stressful. Now. <laughs> I'm sweating this roll so much. Um, that would be a ten. Ten plus one. Plus, uh, not be a ten with the plus one. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, that's actually not bad because okay. a lot of the rolls in this game are. They're not like crazy, crazy high. Like the difficulty of 10 is a task where success is impressive, oh. but completely expected for a character who is skilled at it, which okay. Mikey, the way you have been describing him is very skilled at doing research at this local library. So, cool. so yeah, like, I mean, there, there are actually rules for difficulties one or two in this game. You're, you, while it's a big deal while you're rolling your D20, I mean, you've got attributes that are D4s and D6s. Yeah. So, so you're not expected to just, it's not like, say, like D&D where you're like, oh, this guy's going to have an armor class of 19 or something like that. Like your, your, your DCs are always going to be relatively low. Okay, cool. So, so I, got I, I picture Mikey ultimately like 
replaces the librarian in this town and becomes the librarian who's also a conspiracy theorist. I could definitely see I that happening. the local paper. Yeah. Uh, local paper, my butt. More like the local conspiracy newsletter <laughs> that he Xeroxed and stapled himself. Close enough. <laughs> that's, what the, that's what it's called. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is over there. <laughs> Close enough counters of the third kind. <laughs> Since you've got uh, an 11... Um, yeah, let's say you... Well, oh yeah, I keep yeah. thinking you had a 10 plus one, not that's a nine, nine plus, plus one. one. Sorry, okay. I should say all in. All right. So, but still, like we said, that's that succeeds at an impressive level. Okay. So, yeah, we'll say you find something. So, in my mind with this town, it used to have its own local paper. And probably as the town has moved on, that's slowed down dramatically. So now maybe I think there's probably a, uh, like a community or an area-wide uh, okay. newspaper and maybe there's still like the printing press and all those things up on main street so they can put out a little bit so they're basically like an insert okay. at this point so you have so the town has reduced now to a like, well, one page insert and uh probably may say the librarian's boyfriend is the one who runs that hmm. that's how they that's how they know that let's say uh let's let's give him a name um joe joe let's say joe uh joe cap is uh is the guy who does he's now the the lone journalist in town and he puts out the little one page insert that he just puts into the the countywide that that just comes with it now so he maybe takes a little little cut there and that's how it does it so yeah that thing is now the the local news about town and they have mentioned over the last few days now there have been uh it it's been a warning that there have been probably animal attacks coyote attacks because people are have either of y'all seen this is going to be a bit of a deep cut have either of y'all seen the old michael moore documentary roger and me i know of it i have not seen it okay so it was about the 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 detroit rust belt collapse and there was this one woman who was selling rabbits and there was a sign out in front of her yard rabbits pets or food Oh wow! And so I that, I picture that happening a lot around here. So you have people who have like rabbit hutches and chicken coops and mm-hmm. things like that. And so there there's a a bit of an explosion of trade of yeah farming Banter, animals uh, barter sorry but yeah and then also like like I said like farming animals. <laughs> yeah. So you might see people who have a couple of chickens. Maybe someone who even has a goat or something like that. Yeah. Um, you're starting to see that pick up a little bit more in this town than it would have been any other way. And in the broadsheet, there are notes that, you know, be careful because foxes and coyotes and things are coming out because a lot of those things have been attacked over the last week. Oh. So yeah, like Mrs. Smith lost her entire rabbit hutch. And then, you know, Mr. Uh, Johnson lost his, all of his uh, chickens. So make sure you've got a proper fence and do this and maybe even keep your dogs up and, but make sure to, to bring them in at night. Yeah. So, uh, so we discover like the, the, yeah. that's probably the only thing that's like super out of the ordinary that you discover that's going on in town right now. Okay. To be, um, with that book of fantasy, fan, fantastic creatures, did we find out what a Matago was? Yes, actually you did. So the Matago is a, it's a, a malicious spirit that often takes various animal forms, one of the most common being a big cat. Okay. And one of the rumors is that the if you can trap a matigo, well, you don't trap it per se, but you can lure it by offering to feed it a plump, fresh chicken or something like that. And if you do, and if you feed it the first bite of food in the day, then it will reward you with a shiny gold coin. But if you don't, 
then it will hunt for food on its own. Another another bit of that rumor is supposedly that it, once you have the Matago, it is almost impossible to get rid of it, even unto death. So it's every day you've got to feed it? Right, yeah. Like, once you do it once, you got to do it forever, or it lashes out. Lovely. Okay, delightful. Well, it seems to be... I don't know, it seems to be lashing out. Eating all those chickens. <laughs> Unless somebody's trying to curb the barter tricking the barter trade in in town like i've got all these chickens i'm gonna dominate the chicken trade in town by killing (laughs) all of my competition someone's trying to make a chicken monopoly yeah that's some scooby-doo stuff right there boy (laughs) a chickenopoly it's old man wilkins (laughs) and his chicken murder (laughs) i I knew it was old man wilkins of the mountain and his Mm. his beak mask (laughs) so the information that uh well, let's be fair. The information that Mikey found, because frankly, Jack is probably dozing off on a stack of books. Probably so, yeah. Uh, like th- this is pretty boring. Does it name, like, you know, talking about so-and-so's chickens were attacked. Can we get a general idea? Are these all in the same area? Yeah, like, actually, they, they, yeah. It, it, you definitely know they're all, like, on the east side of town. So uh, in Mikey the same... pulls out a wee map, and he's, like, doing the pinpoint things on the map. Mm-hmm. So, so east side of town is that? Uh, I'm trying to remember, is that near the forest, or is the forest kind of surrounding the town? I'm trying to, I'm trying to, to picture the way it's. It's not really clear in the book, but the way I get the impression is that yeah, the that the town had a large river where a lot of the yachts and things like that were banked, and then there was the town, and then the forest. So I get the impression that the forest is at least a large chunk of the outside. Gotcha. Because you ha- everyone went into Detroit via the highway. So I get the impression that this is kind of an isolated little town. So yeah, I'm, I'm picturing water on one side, forest on the other side is pretty much how it bounds. Gotcha. Hmm. But yeah, these are all within the same, like, maybe five blocks of each other. So we could triangulate. Dun, dun, dun. Maybe you could. <laughs> mm. So... So Mikey could be, is sitting across, um, Jack's asleep on the pile of folders and Mikey's like going through different papers, putting it all together. He's got a wee, he's got a wee map of town in his backpack. He pulls it out and he's putting, he's putting red dots where all the, the chickens have been murdered and stuff like that. And then he slams the table and goes, I've got an idea. Shh. I've got an idea. What? Jack wakes up out of a little drool, you know. <laughs> what? I've got an idea. We could triangulate where the, where the... It seems to be all within like a... Is it you said five mile? Like five block. block. Five block. Yeah. Um, there seems to be a five block. I, I don't... We don't actually have to whisper. So um, It seems <laughs> to be within a five block radius of this area. We could triangulate and see where the the issue is is, is coming from. Let let me let me say. Jack kind of looks over at the map. Is it the same general area they were talking about looking for the missing hunters? It's pretty close to it. Yeah, it's where the red lights are coming from too. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's close-ish. Like I said, it, it's definitely close to the forest. And so, well, probably the way it's described, the the fort is probably kind of up north. Okay. So I'm I'm assuming like the the uh, the river's probably on the west. Forest is on the east. 
and then the the fort is kind of up in the northest area because it's near where all the rich people live. Okay. So it's probably closer to the water than it is the the bulk of the forest. Right. It's probably on the fringes of the forest because also these guys probably didn't want their kids wandering into the the deepest heart of the forest. Well, that and you probably don't want to be hunting too near the fort if you accidentally mistake a kid for a deer or something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. So. Um. Can I roll to triangulate a closer area? Yeah, that's probably like a, a good... Uh, so yeah, you can mark, okay, here's the chickens. Okay, here's the... the uh, here's where a goat went missing. Here's where this chihuahua was was attacked. Here's where this... So yeah, you, you've got like a solid bunch of points that you can start running red string around. So yeah, okay. let's, let's make a brains check and see if you can narrow it down. The higher... Again, I'm not going to really do like a hard target number. I'm just going to say the higher you roll... The uh, the closer you triangulate. Okay. So let's let's say the first difficulty is going to say an eight. Okay. And then the more and more you get over it, the the smaller and smaller the block radius you get is. I got four. Oh, <laughs> looks like you got five blocks, brother. Yeah. <laughs> but good news, you get an adversity token because yeah. yeah. we did establish a target number for you. I'm gonna put this down. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> So much, or is, uh, maybe he's just like too excited and he's made it a bit too big, like yeah. going a bit too far back. You're just talking way too big on this map. Like, or he doesn't understand triangulation at all. <laughs> it's just something, he, it's a word he picked up from a so, TV show. Yeah, I, I picture now that if that's the case, that yeah, you, you marked one place, you marked another place, you marked a third place, and then you started drawing triangles all over the map. <laughs> like, like, you don't really get how to do it. <laughs> so that, yeah, it just looks like, uh, like a Slayer uh, <laughs> logo at this point. I thought that's how you did triangulation. That's how they do it on the TV shows. So basically, he, he still he doesn't know that he's completely cocked this up. And he's going to push it across the table and he goes, Right within these five blocks is probably where the Matagos Master is. We'll call him the Mysterious Matagos Master. The Mysterious no, Mr. Matago. <laughs> no, I won't. Captain Matago. <laughs> So, now what? And he's got the bag under the table, so he's going to zip it open. He goes, so we know where they might be. What do we do? How do we... How do you think we should handle this? Should we we go after the Matago itself, or should we go after the man who's been controlling the Matago? You want us to go after something that kills people directly? How is that even an option, Mikey? We've got the M80s. <laughs> <laughs> we could put it in its kibble. <laughs> we could blow it up from the inside. You put it in a chicken. Hey! Oh, there you go. And, well, he would he would disclose all the information he found about the matical. He slides the book across the table to you too, and he goes, read up. So Jack's like, if we're going to do this, I've got an idea. I'm assuming there's this, like a small grocery in town or Oh, yeah, absolutely. Something. Thinking chicken in a can? Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't blame the Matigo for killing me <laughs> yeah. if I tried to give it one of those. Oh. I thought you were trying to lure the Matigo, not scare it off. <laughs> hey, if it works. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, so Jack's thinking is... We may either run into the Matago or its master. 
and so we gotta kind of need to be ready for either. Okay. But if it's the first meal of the day, we're probably too late in the day for that. I don't know if Matigo like gets a, likes to rise early and get breakfast. Or... Are Matigo crepuscular? <laughs> we don't know that. Mm. So, all right. Let's go check the area out. We're not going to confront anybody, Mikey. Cross my heart. Uh-huh. He checks his hands to make sure he doesn't have his fingers crossed. You know? He does the whole hoped to die. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right, so are you... Uh... Are you taking any of these books with you? Or are you? I think he's, he's taking all his notes. Mm-hmm. So he puts it all in his notebook. Right. Um, well, this is you know this is ninety three small town library. You don't have a Xerox machine. Yeah, you I can either check say, out the do book. Do you have a Xerox machine? Like I, he would take the fantasy book, but there's probably very little on the Matago apart from here's a fantastical creature that you can see a picture of that we've drawn. Like he's gonna take probably. He'll probably take that one and put it in his backpack. Yeah, he'll rent that one out. Okay. But other than the, I don't think they would they rent out any of the newspaper articles or anything. Probably no. not. No, those are probably. Right. He's probably taking notes of who, when, and all that jazz, and he's got it all done on his like in his notebook, and he's he's got the notebook all bound up with string. But yeah, so I think he's ready for the, the next right. step. So yeah, you start checking it out, and Mary, the librarian's like fantastical magical creatures like this is not your normal thing what is what what's this all about mikey uh i'm writing a novel (laughs) kind of like lord of the rings really that's odd Uh, it's odd to write a novel about lord of the rings well i mean it's normally you like things that are much more um uh you know about the the police and all that stuff it's just it's not what i normally see you check out so i was just wondering well just I, I I started reading I started reading Lord of the Rings. I really enjoyed it, and I thought I'd give myself a try. <laughs> he does this whole <laughs> yeah, and, and she kind of looks at you strangely because, like, yeah, I was like, you're acting squirrely, kid. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he just starts more hysteric- than usual. Starts hysterically laughing, just like oh, this is nothing, you know, like like he's seen in the TV shows, just like oh, just put it off as a joke, you know. <laughs> he's trying to always. All right. Well, she she. Uh, <laughs> She uh, reaches over and hands the book to you. Make a brains check. Yeah. Oh, crap. Oh, yeah. That's okay. brains. That's that's no, I was about to say, why are you sweating this, man? Like, <laughs> I might as well be just giving this to you. Because I thought it was going to be a, a charm. <laughs> Uh-oh. I see that the look. That was a five. A five. Ooh. Let me uh, let me flip back through the books. That's a, that's a pretty low. Not going to lie, brother. That's that not the best roll you could have done. No, <laughs> it's not the best roll I could have done. Could I try? Okay. So seeing that she's kind of looking at him and holding the book while she goes to hand it to him, can I try a charm check to say that I've been reading, like, so kind of segue it, being like, hey, I've been reading uh, your boyfriend's stuff and see if I can be like, let's direct this attention somewhere else. Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's 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 make a charm roll. Mm-hmm. Okay. A four. Four. All right. Uh, yeah, four. You're just both, making it worse. Yeah, both of those fall in the three to six range. A task where success is likely for all characters except those who aren't skilled or have a low stat. Yeah. D6 definitely qualifies as a low stat. So, yeah, you're just a weird little kid. Now, one benefit here is you failed another roll. Yeah. So, you do get another adversity token. Awesome. Well, I just technically failed two rolls. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually yeah. a good point. All right, so yeah, you get cool. two more. All the adversity tokens. <laughs> if you just keep talking to the librarian, eventually you're going to rack up an entire pile full of them. 20 adversity tokens later. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so she hands you the book, 
And uh, as she does, you notice, weirdly enough, she's wearing gloves. She's wearing gloves. Yeah. I mean, they're like... Are they nice like, gloves? Nice-ish. Like, they're they're obviously, like, indoor gloves, but they're also, like, this ain't the 1950s. Nobody wears indoor gloves anymore. <laughs> and she's a little too old to be doing that whole so the craft thinking, thing. Yeah, like, exactly. So it's like... That's weird. She's she's a little out of age range for like you say like the the lacy sleeves. And, yeah. You know. Are your hands okay? She she just kind of laughs and, and moves her hand back. She goes, "Oh yeah, it's fine. I just I just kind of like roughed them up cooking last night. Roughed them up cooking? Yeah, just like just like make it made a little cut. It's no big deal. But it's just yeah, you don't want to like you don't want to risk the books. Hmm. That makes sense. You won't want to get blo- blood over your. Over your books, that ba- that makes sense. <laughs> and he's kind of like, that makes sense, and kind of like the way I was like, you're talking utter crap, but kind of like, that makes sense. As in, what? All right, well, here's your book, Mikey. Yeah. So he takes the book and he's kind of looking at her like, you know, that kid thing when kids don't believe you, like when you're trying to feed them broccoli or anything, like, <laughs> right? And they're, they're just staring at you. Like, at you and they're like, like, what are you? What is? What's wrong with you? <laughs> at this point, Jack's like, yeah, Mikey's getting a little too weird. Mikey, come on. We're trying to snap him out of it. <laughs> well, I hope your hands heal good. And he puts the book into Thanks. I he, hope he the book goes well. He puts he doesn't put the book into the bag. He like puts it inside of his jacket instead. Because losing the bag. Well, uh, yeah. So you don't want to like whap. <laughs> <laughs> so he he puts it inside of his jacket and he goes, I'll be off then. <laughs> and he turns around and starts walking to the door slow at first and then takes off. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack's just like Come on! He, he looks back at the library and just shrugs. Come on, Jack! <laughs> she just kind of laughs and shakes her head like, hi, ah, yeah, kids. <laughs> follows so, him out. As he walks out, he goes, I got the fifth degree there about borrowing a book. I hate to agree with you, but something's not right. And she was wearing gloves. Like she never wears gloves. I'm a, I've, been, I've been going there for the last four years. I've never seen her wear a glove. I've seen her wear band-aids when she's cut on her fingers. I've seen everything, but I've never seen her wear gloves. Jack kind of thinks, do you know where she lives? No. <laughs> no. Her boyfriend might. <laughs> Probably. I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's just, it's one of those things. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Is it indeed? Do we know? We know her name, right? Oh, yeah. You know her name. She's, it's a small town. You know everybody. Yeah. I was oh, it's, say, it's, very, it's, it's Mary Sloan. Like, yeah. Wait. In this day and age, there was also. Phone uh, books. Phone books. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. We could go check a phone book and see. There were true. pay phones that had phone books hanging down that's from what was, them. You that's what I was thinking. Uh, my brain had to like scour itself for that one, but like, yeah, <laughs> that was a deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> so we could go check a phone book. That's yeah. actually an excellent idea. That is, like, you can one hundred percent do that. Okay, so uh, where's the local pay phone? <laughs> <laughs> no, Andrew. In the nineties. They were everywhere. Yeah, there was more than one. <laughs> this is not Green Acres. You're not going to climb a pole and ask to be connected to Pennsylvania six five one. I wasn't in the states. In the 90s, so, um, uh, we don't have. We, nor do we have Doctor Who style phone boxes. Just yeah. you know. Well, you guys are missing out. Though, fun fact: Oxford, Mississippi, did really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got one from Britain. Yeah, ah, there was the a, police boxes. Yeah, there was a sister city thing, and they got oh, one and okay. installed it on the uh, the main square. But, uh, they were actually. 
by the time I was out and about, they were kind of they were really washed out. But Glasgow has one. There's a there's a blue phone box in Glasgow. Mm. It's fantastic. All right, so yeah, we'll. Uh... As you said, this is the 90s. There's probably one not too far away. Be, from, there uh, should be one in front of the library. Yeah, I, I would have seen the library is like definitely a place they would put yeah. one. So Jack is, again, he's a little uneasy as well. He's going to make sure that the librarian is not watching them <laughs> or is she, not within line of sight of the phone booth. I'm going to guess that probably the desk isn't even really within sight of the windows. Like once you're out, that's pretty much it. Like you walk in and the desk is on the back wall. And yeah, Jack's actually going to grab the phone book and start flipping through looking for uh, Mary Sloan and... Joe, her uh, boyfriend. Cap, I think. And Joe Cap. Yeah. Uh, maybe they live together. I don't know. Maybe they're living in sin. Um, but yeah, he's actually going to start Wait, flipping through looking for, uh, right. looking for her name and address. All right, yeah, you find it. Uh, Off the white pages. Yeah, you go, you go through the S-S-S-L-S-L, Sloan, 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 okay, Mary Sloan. And yeah, you get the address. Is it within the five block radius? It is. She lives at 815 Iris Street, which is absolutely on the east side of town. Hmm. Da, 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 da. What about the boyfriend? Uh, Joe. Joe lives very close to that edge. Which is not exactly surprising, but. Right. But yeah, Joe lives maybe, if she lives on Iris, maybe Joe lives on, uh, let's say, uh, Magnolia Avenue. So he lives on kind of a cross street up a little bit. But, but yeah, both of them live on the east side of town. Jack kind of looks at Mikey. I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't think so either. This mystery just cracked wide open. <sighs> Let's go have a look around. All right, so you're going to go head around. Let's get our bikes and cycle. And you cycle, and you'll get there next week. <laughs> there we have another episode from Fortunes Untold. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for games we should play, please feel free to email us at fortunesuntoldpodcast at gmail.com or comment on the Fortunes Untold Facebook or Twitter. If you want to listen to some more Fortunes Untold episodes, please subscribe to us on Google Play or iTunes, and of course, at our home on the Nerds on Earth website. Thank you for listening, and roll on. <laughs>